My name is James Gleason, and I want to welcome you to the weekend teaching ministry of Sunrise Church here in Hillsboro, Oregon. Now, Sunrise is a church devoted to being a safe place to hear a life-changing message. And our vision is to lead people in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And so every weekend, we share a message of hope from God's Word, the Bible. Now, if you'd like to know more about discovering and growing in a relationship with the God who loves you, please take a moment to visit our website at www.isunrise.com. Now, from there, you can learn how to connect with the God who loves you. And you can learn how to grow with others along the journey of life. You can learn to develop a heart to serve the least, the last, and the lost. And finally, you can learn how to lead others to know Jesus Christ on this journey of disciples making disciples. And so now I invite you to follow along with our weekend message as you discover the heartbeat of God. Welcome. My name's uh, Kevin Howard. My role here at Sunrise Church is I get the privilege and honor to be the executive pastor and serve alongside James and, and just participate in the, with the staff's spiritual journey, right? We're all in that process of growing to become more like Jesus Christ. And I get to uh, encourage him and walk with him and coach him and disciple him and just be available for him. So I, 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 it's a privilege and honor to do that. And I'm excited today to get into God's Word. And we're going to look at this amazing story uh, that's six verses and it's about Paul, and it's about Lydia, and it's about the Holy Spirit aligning everything. And, and this uh, amazing lady, uh, Lydia, she uh, is in Europe, and Christianity comes to Europe through Lydia. She's saved, and she's baptized, and she starts leading the house church. And so I want to look at that, and I want to honor all of you Lydias, all our ladies today. So uh, that's my heart, that we just look at God's Word together. And I'm reading the Amplified uh, Bible right now, and, and so anytime I get to uh, share or preach, I don't know that I'm a preacher, I just get excited, and I'm an encourager, and I just want to share. James and I went on a trip to uh, Turkey and Greece in 18 days, and it was life-changing, and so I want to share one story that impacted me. You'll hear much more tonight, uh, but it's good to be home because this is my family, and so... You know, I'm just excited to have the opportunity to share that James shares his podium. And I would like to say he's uh, preaching amazing, isn't he, Pastor James? Just like with Galatians and everything, it's just changing our hearts. So uh, this is what the Amplified Version says. It says, for the Word of God is living and active and it's full of power and making it operative, energizing and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword at penetrating as far as the division of the soul and spirit, the completeness of our personhood. And of both joints and marrow, the deepest part of our nature, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. And not a creature exists that is concealed from his sight, but all things are open and exposed and revealed to the eyes of him with whom we must give an account, right? And so we know that something can happen today. And the key verse that we're going to look at is Lydia listened to Paul and uh, she opened her heart to the Lord. And some amazing things happen. So that's, you know, this is active and alive and it pierces. And I'm praying that we open our heart. When, uh, and we're all on this journey. And, I, and I'm going to share a little bit about my salvation story today. You know, when I um, surrendered and I literally got out on my knees and trusted God that he's my Lord and Savior. And that his blood was for my forgiveness of many, many sins. And I could be free finally. And, and believing that, you know, he was buried died on the cross for my sins and buried it and rose again. 
and, uh, and then I was handed, a, I was baptized the next day because someone opened the Bible and they said Jesus was baptized. And I'm like, well, then I'm in because that's who I'm following now. So I got baptized and my first verse that I read, I'll read to you. It's been my life verse. This is the very first re- verse I read in the Bible and it's from Paul. And he said, the things which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. You know, he, he says often, and it's hard, imitate me as I imitate Christ, follow me. But he says, the things which you have learned, received, and heard, and seen in me, put them into practice. Practice these things in your daily life, and the God who is a source of peace and of well-being will be with you. So my hope for all of us is that as we open our heart to the Lord, all we have to do, I, I know so little. I mean, it's the more you know, the less you know. You know how that is. But all we have to do is put into practice one thing today. Whatever the Lord shows you to do in the journey that you're on is just put it into practice and apply it and amazing things happen. That's where we start growing. So let me, um, uh, before I pray, um, so we're on this trip and each day we, we were uh, in different hotels almost every night. A couple times we stayed two or three nights, but we'd get up at six in the morning and then we'd have breakfast about seven and head out and see maybe two or three sites or we'd travel and we'd get home at six or seven. I think one time it was about 8.30 or nine. And so the whole day, I mean, they were great intense days, but I'd study in the morning where we were going, right? I'd read it all and then we'd stand on the site. We're gonna stand on one of the sites literally where Lydia was saved and baptized and then we'd study it and read the Bible. Then at night I'd study again. And so, like, some of the dots started connecting for me. It was really funny. We'd be on a site, and there was a few of us pastors there, and these people would come up to me all the time. We had, like, a neuroscientist and a pharmacist, just all these brilliant people. And they'd come beside me at a site, and they'd ask me all these questions about the site. And i go, I'm here to learn. (laughs) I'm like you. You know, I don't know everything, right? But I hope some dots connect today. Hope some dots connect for you about this process that we're on, this continuing growth process, and you're somewhere in it, and I know if you open your heart, God wants you to take the next step, because that's what it's about. By faith, we take risk to become more like Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your word. There's no mistakes in here. Every word is God-breathed. It's on purpose, and so we thank you for this five-verse story about Lydia and how it changed the direction of Christianity and brought Christianity uh, to Europe, uh, to Europe, God, and how Paul did his part, and your Holy Spirit, you're always doing your part, and how Lydia did her part, and you just converged it, and you set it up, and, and so it's active and alive. You know every heart here today, Lord. You know the ones that are full of joy right now. You know the ones that are crushed. We had some prayer time today, Lord. People are hurting. You know their hearts. You know if they're feeling hopeless. You know the ones that have hope, but we, I just pray that we'd listen to your word today, me included. Man, I want to keep growing. And we'd open our heart to you, Lord. And then whatever you show us, that we just put it into practice. In your name, amen. So I want to go over what does a growing relationship with Jesus look like? James and I talk about it all the time from the stage. And so I just want to go over what it looks like and what is the process. And so the main verse that we're going to look at today, and we'll get into the story. I'm just going to set it up. This is Lydia. It says that she listened to us, Paul. The Lord opened her heart and she accepted what Paul was saying. And so the Greek word for listening, you know, it indicates this continuing process. So we're going to see this beautiful story where we're all in this continuing process, right? As we move towards Christ and you're somewhere in it. You're going to be somewhere in Lydia's story. And so, and then we're going to have a time where we can, you know, just come together and just respond together. So it's just this continuing process. And and then uh, there's three parts of disciple making. 
There's God's part, right? We're going to see that. As I look at, uh, read stories, I'm always looking like, God, the Holy Spirit, right? Jesus, what's your part? And then what's my part? And what's the other person's part? Because there's always three parts, right? In a story, in disciple making, and being a disciple. And I just have to do my part. I used to try to do God's part and your part. I don't do that. I just got to do my part, right? That's all God's asking. So we, this is one of the main verses, the one tenets that we hang our disciple making on. You can see all the parts. You can see the Trinity. You can see our part. And you can see a disciple's part. And it says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and earth. And then I always like to read the bottom, and it says, I'm with you always, even to the end of this age, the Holy Spirit. So James talked about bookends. This is the bookend. Jesus Christ wins, <laughs> it, it, right? He has full authority over everything. And then he said, I actually have to leave, you know, and do my part, the sacrifice, forgiveness of sin, so you can have eternal life, but the Holy Spirit needs to come in. So those are bookends. So our part is therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then what do we do after that? What do we do? We just teach them. We just, whatever we put into practice, we just teach them. We can be one step ahead of someone. We just teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this, that I'm with you. That's beautiful bookends. Those are the parts of disciple making. In every relationship, in every process, there's God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit somehow, right? And then there's our part and then there's the other person's part. And so what is a growing... uh, relationship with Jesus look like? And this is going to be flushed out in Lydia's story. In five verses, we're going to see this. God is always at work. James and I have been, you know, he can communicate better than me, but we're discipling people right now that don't even know Jesus Christ. We just are. We're going to see that with Lydia. She was a worshiper of God. She was a Jewish woman. She hadn't been in a relationship with Jesus yet, hadn't surrendered to him, but she was praying and she was around some people, right? It's amazing. So we're always, God's always at work. When we look back at our story, we can see how at work he was, can't we? And then we have this moment of salvation and surrender where we trust him and we bend our knees and we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord. And it's profoundly, complexly, it's not even a word, simple. And we make it complicated sometimes that we trust Jesus Christ. And some of you maybe will take that step today. Drive the stake in the ground. Trust Jesus Christ. Lydia did. And then there's that distinct step. Salvation is this free gift from God. So we can't boast. We can't earn it, right? And then there's this step that's our part is that we have a testimony. We get baptized and we stand before whatever part of the body and family there is and say that I'm a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ. And when we get baptized, it represents his death, right? And his new life. And for me, it was as simple as if I'm going to follow Jesus Christ, it says he came out of the water. He submitted himself to baptism. How could I not? Maybe some of you are in that process, right? It's a process. It's a continuing process. And then we begin our well, step is relationship and community. And we'll see that Lydia does that, that maybe God's asking you to open your heart and uh, step forward into some relationships. It, it's a... Uh, Uh, How many of you guys have been hurt in relationship? Every one of us. But it's the only way to heal is in relationship, right? Thank you, God, right? 
Satan wants to isolate us, so there's this peace. Maybe he wants to ask you to step into community and relationship some more. And then, then we serve. We see Lydia in this five verses doing all this. But then we serve and we bend our knee, right? And we reach out. And, and it's amazing that when we open our heart to the Lord, that our arms open and our church doors open and our homes open, right? And our wallets, you know, we just open up. And then the next part is we see her leading, and that's that we invest in other people. It kind of sounds like our process, doesn't it? So in these five verses, we see our whole, I hope the dots connect, because you're all on this journey somewhere. And then the next one is, uh, I just want to look at some verses, that God's always at work. There's this beautiful thing, uh, Jesus says, for no one can come to me, Jesus Christ, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them to me. Think back of your story of how he was drawing you and drawing. I even remember those times that I denounced and renounced God and told him that I hated him. He was still drawing me, right? He was still drawing us. So we're going to see that, that how Lydia was drawn to this moment and God was at work and then a beautiful thing happens. God chose God chose Lydia to bring Christianity to Europe. It's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. And then there's salvation. He whispers to Lydia and she's saved. And then the story here is farther on in 16. I'm encouraging you and challenging you to read all of 16. We're just looking at chapter 16 in Acts, but we're just looking at a few verses. It took an earthquake. There's a whisper and an earthquake, and we're always somewhere in between, right? For me, it was a two-by-four in the head over and over again, and it hurt. That's how I came to Christ. I was going to die, and I bit my knee. But Lydia is really successful, and she's a businesswoman, and she's rich, and she bent her knee just the same way. We always have to do it. So it says, when the Philippian jailer asked Paul, what must I do to be saved? Paul responded, believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved. I know I did a funeral once for a 13-year-old boy that had died, and um, it was interesting. He had such an impact on the hospital staff that all the doctors came and nurses. There was about 50 people there that came, and many, many of them were unbelievers. And I, I, you know, how do you give the gospel, right? And I'm, Lord, what do I do? And I stood in front of him, and I said, I want to apologize to you guys. It was a funeral like this. Uh, we've got the good news, and we haven't delivered it in a good way all the time. Sometimes you see it as the bad news, but it's good news. And I asked permission. I said, it's pretty straightforward and simple. Can I give you the good news. And they all said, yeah. So I was able to share that you believe in the Lord Jesus, right? And it was interesting at the end, at the end of this particular funeral, the grandfather of the son who was a drunk came up, just walked up the middle of the aisle and he said, I want what you guys have. And he accepted Jesus Christ right there and we baptized him. So it was just this amazing thing, right? Believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. God will do his work. He's drawing you right now. And then the next one is the next step that we'll see her take is baptism. It's this testimony, right? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death. For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. We see Lydia accepting Christ and being baptized her old life to her, her new life. Some of you may need to open your heart to that. And, and then there's relationship, right? And there's community. And I love this one. It's Acts 2, 42 through 47. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals and to prayer. And then the bookend was they had favor with everybody in the community. 
They had favor with everybody, and the Lord what? What's it say? Added to their numbers daily. We're in a season here, we're in a sweet season at sunrise where we have favor with our community because we have favor with God and we have favor with each other and we're trying to live this thing out the best we can and we're known by our love. But in between this, it's just wild. They were devoted to the right things and they had favor and people were being saved. And it says seven or eight times, all, 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 we, we, we. We all met together in the synagogue. We met together in houses. We shared meals. It's exactly what we do here. It's profound but simple, right? I'm just taking you through. This is our process. I hope some of the dots are connected because it's going to come alive with Lydia's story. There was awe. There was miracles. Everybody shared everything they had. Every need was, need was met. They were praising God, right? It was an amazing community. Maybe some of you need to step into it and take a risk into some of the communities. We're not perfect by any means, but we serve a perfect Christ, right? And we're all just doing the best we can, but there's no other way to heal. There's no other way. It's in relationship and community. And then we serve. We see Lydia serving. And this is, you know, we, we wash, Jesus washed feet, so we wash feet. How could we do less than a God did? Jesus came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And, and we're known for our serving. It's the heart and soul of what we do. And we see Lydia doing that. And then the lead part is teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I've given you. So is that kind of, that's our process, you guys, that you're somewhere in it. I'm excited for us, for God, you know, if you're willing to listen and you open your heart like Lydia did, he's going to talk to you. He's going to reveal himself. He's going to show you what the next step is that he would love for you to do. And so before I get into Lydia, I just want to share four quick highlights of the trip for me. Um, one was uh, sunrise serves, right? And so James and I cannot serve, cannot not serve. And so we had the privilege of right off the bat, a uh, 79-year-old gal, her name's Mary Elise. We were her uh, chaperones and bodyguards, for a better word. She was from Gladstone. We met her at the airport. We went through the whole trip with her and home with her. And we were able to serve her and walk her up and down the stairs. And one time she passed out the first day and we got her back up. But amazing lady. We absolutely love her. But we just started serving her. And then we started serving everybody else, and we started carrying the bags. We were the first ones there, and we helped people up the stairs, and we got them water, and we on purpose sat with people to get to know them, right? Because man looks at the outward appearance, but everybody's got this beautiful heart. And we just did the stuff that we do at sunrise, but it felt, uh, we got comment after comment that it was like foreign to these people. Like, what are you doing? Serving, I don't care what year it is, 2,000 years ago or today, that's what matters is that we simple, meaningful touch impact people and lead them to Christ. One of my funny things was, you know, I had some freedom on the trip and not one person or two, but four or five came up to me. And is my wife here? Chris, are you here? Oh yeah, right there. Uh, Yeah, so you're going to laugh. But uh, four or five people came up to me and they said that you are the most patient man that I've ever... (laughs) They did that I've ever seen. I just had this freedom. You know, I hope it carries on into the home, honey. Uh, (laughs) But for me, a highlight was uh, we're we're at Miletus, and we're standing there, James and I and the group, and we're reading, uh, you know, we're looking at it, and there's the Aegean Sea. We can see it's all silt now, but we can see where it came up. And and there was this moment that Paul didn't want to go back to Ephesus because he kept getting beat, right? Paul just got beat 
beat so many times for the gospel. And so he asked the Ephesian elders to come and we could see right where they pulled up and James said, let's go down to where they must have met him on the boat. And he read, um, it was Acts 20. Read the whole thing and it describes everything that's happening right on the site. And then he says, let's get down and kneel and pray and we prayed for you guys. You know, it was the last time that Paul was going to see the Ephesians and they wept and there were such... Such love, you know, and such longing. And, and it, they, you know, they sent him out to what, you know, God had for him. That was a high, that was a real high point for me. Another one is I'm not that intellectual guy, but I love, you know, I love the ones that are. Is we stood on Mars Hill, right there in Athens where Paul preached, you know, about all their gods. And he says, man, I'm kind of impressed with you because you are looking for a God. And there's the unknown God, and I know who it is. And usually they get six minutes to preach, and they cut him off at three. But he had more opportunities. I love that. The idol worship throughout just was crazy, right? All these idols and statues and, you know, where the Bible says that you worship things that are made by hands. And we saw that everywhere. One other thing we saw just everywhere um, is we, you know, the stadium, one of the stadiums that you saw in that picture, similar to that. Inevitably, every time we went to one, there'd be one or two people that were taking selfies of themselves in the stadium, right? Posing, selfies, sometimes risque. I mean, it was like model. It was just, it felt weird, right? And, um, and uh, but then I looked at all the idols. And I guarantee that those leaders did not all have six packs. And I guarantee that all, all did not have bulging biceps. And so it's no different, is it? It's something about we're just not comfortable who you are. We want to be more. We want, you know, and so I'm seeing that. And I'm seeing all these idols. And we're on a five-hour trip up the mountains in Greece. And I'm kind of talking to God in my spirit and complaining about the idols. And he said, "Uh, what about your idols, buddy boy? What about yours? And so I was able to get up a couple idols. I'll share it at some time. Right there, right then and there, just give them to him. It was so free, and that was a high point for me. I love the Roman roads. Absolutely love the Roman roads because God had the Roman soldiers spend 75% of their time building these roads. Paul had to walk nine miles on the road to get to this river that we're going to talk about to meet Lydia, so Christianity. The Romans built the roads, and they protected us so we could deliver the gospel. If that's not God in charge, I don't know what is. So every time I was on a road, I'm just like, man, God got you guys. You built the roads that delivered the gospel, and we're here today because of it. Thank you, Romans. Right? And so now we're going to look at baptism of Lydia. And as we look at the map here, and so we've got uh, Asia to the right and Europe, and we can see that little Aegean Sea. So Paul's in Troas, you can kind of see it right there, and then he ends up going to Philippi. And he got this vision. He wanted to do ministry in Asia, and he got this vision. It's called the Macedonian Call. It's a district. It's a region that Philippi's in. And he followed it, and he instantly went over there. And God did his part in the Holy Spirit, and he brought Lydia, and he brought Paul together at a river, and it changed the history of Christianity. And so the next picture is the actual place uh, where Lydia got baptized. When it says that she went down to the river and pray, this is the area. This is the river. Um, so we were there. This was a, 
a big one for me. We were there, and we're reading the word, and we're going over it, and we've got this gal that knows Greek, and she's going over it, but I'm kind of tuned out because I'm sitting there, and, and I'm starting to get into this five-verse story about Lydia and the impact of it and how valuable women are and how Paul, God chose Lydia to do that, and all I could think about was all the Lydias at Sunrise Church. Every one of you ladies that you're the heart and soul of what we do here and you're so valuable and you're such good leaders and you're such, and you play such an important part in your serving and your leading and the whole process. And I just, you know, I spent a lot of time just thinking about you and I'm so grateful for you. And Paul, Paul was one of the best. I mean, in those times, James may share tonight, uh, you know, I'm sorry, ladies, you guys were used and abused in that time. And Paul, Paul and Jesus, they, they showed the route, you know. So I'm not sure what's happened, you know, and I may have been part of some of this stuff, but I'm looking to Paul's lead of how he valued and honored women, and I want to do that today with you guys because you are valuable. And so that was a meaningful moment. And so Lydia, it's this really simple, beautiful, profound story. It's so simple. She was a very, very wealthy businesswoman, very successful. We don't know if she had a husband, but she had a household, and she probably had some kids and staff, and she sold purple cloth. There's all kinds of stories there, but she was wealthy, and Jesus talks about how it's hard for a wealthy person to surrender, right, and come to Jesus Christ. I mean, I've got, for me, those of us that are, you know, me, I was going to die, I couldn't save myself, but she had a lot. She was, but she was also a worshiper of God before she accepted him. And so this story, God delights in using ordinary people, ordinary ladies, because she just was. He chose Lydia to be the first salvation in Europe. I think that's a big deal. He chose Lydia to be the first baptism in Europe. I think that's a big deal. He chose Lydia to, in sense, start the first house church. And so we're going to get into that story in just a second. Uh, but I think of my story and Lydia's story, you know, and I've, you know, as I look back, you know, I didn't bend my knee to Jesus Christ until I was 32 and surrendered to his blood and sacrificed and his resurrection. But as I look back, I can see that God was drawing me and I can see that he was using these people and I can see that my mom, how much she prayed for me. There was a lady named Bonnie Barnett. I got to meet her before she died for 13 years. She prayed for me every single day. That's part of the process and journey as we look back and we need to honor that. And we'll see that Lydia wasn't a believer, but God was certainly drawn her near, right? Some of you might be in that part where God's drawn you. Open your heart to it. It's beautiful when your life, yourself, connects with Jesus Christ and then he changes you. And then at 32, I was dying physically, relationally, spiritually, emotionally. I had no spirituality. I was hooked on alcohol and drugs and sex. And uh, another moment that I look back on where God was drawing me is my mom. And she met her at a restaurant on uh, Gleason on about 78th. Uh, she asked me to come to lunch, and I walked in, and she was crying, and she said, um, it's too, you're my son, and it's too painful to watch you kill yourself. I cannot do it anymore, son. And she said, don't ever call me again until you're sober. And she walked out. Now, Jesus Christ is the greatest sacrifice, but that, I, for me, that's number two. Man, that takes a lot of courage to do that. I, I, I was so mad at her. 
And then I was really mad when she got all my friends together and everybody changed their locks and uh, told, don't give Kevin any money and it's time that he just hits bottom, right? But that was a moment that God was drawing me. And then I begged my way into the treatment center, you know, and I'm not saved or anything and I'm still using, but I know I'm going to die. And I said, mom, will you drive me to the treatment center? And she said, yeah, if you come to a church camp. I'm like, oh, she's tricking me. So it was at Mount Hood and I, it was high the whole first day. But the second day I was alone in a cabin with myself and God opened my heart because I finally listened to him and I remember kneeling down and this was my prayer it wasn't much because I didn't have much I said God I said I'm gonna die I mean I'm dead I'm it's physical death would have been a relief I'm dying I'm gonna die and I can't save myself and I this is what I know that you're a savior and I know that if I say, you know, if I believe that you died for my sins and that you're buried and rose again, that that's, so that's what I'm believing. And I said that I will follow you as hard as I chased alcohol, drugs, and women if you saved me and I was saved. Wow. Right? It's, but it's this, it's this, it's this process, right? You're in there somewhere. And then someone said, you're supposed to get baptized. And I said, I, I don't even know what that word means. Right? I wasn't part of church. And they showed me the verse where Jesus got baptized. And he came out of the water. And I said, I'm a follower of Jesus. Now I'll do it. So I was baptized. And then I went into treatment. And then the, the journey continues, right? Just like the journey that you guys are on. So as we get ready, it's in uh, Acts 16, 11 through 15. Please open the words active, your Bibles, your phones, whatever you got, the notes. But Paul, Paul's on his second missionary journey. He's traveling with Silas, Timothy, and Luke. And he gets this, uh, he's going to stay in Asia. Paul's got his plans. He believes that he's following Jesus. James and I were talking about this. Isn't it something interesting, even us as senior leaders? We believe we're going in a direction, but we have to be open to God changing it. He does it all the time. It's biblical. And so we see that. He has a vision, and, and a man from Macedonia across that Aegean Sea is calling him into the region of Greece, and, and then the story begins. Paul follows the call. He does his part. It says, on the Sabbath, we, that group, went a little way outside the city to a riverbank. It's about a mile, I think, outside the city, where we thought people would be meeting for prayer, and we sat down to speak with some of the women who gathered there. Uh, there wasn't a synagogue in uh, Philippi at the time. It was a Roman colony in my just little bit of study. And it takes 10 Jewish men to form a synagogue. So I'm not, I'm not assuming anything. It doesn't tell us, but there wasn't a synagogue. And so Lydia went down to the river to pray with women. And God took Paul from Asia and placed him right there at that river for this moment in history. And one of them that was Lydia from Thyatira, a merchant of expensive purple cloth who worshiped God as she listened to us. The Lord opened her heart and she accepted what Paul was saying. Opened her heart. She and her household were baptized and she asked us to be her guest. If you agree that I'm a true believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my home. And she urged us, she definitely urged them to stay uh, urged us until we agreed. So we see in these verses this whole thing that she's a worshiper of God, not of Jesus yet, but she's going down to the river and she's praying, right? And God brings Paul. And we know Paul. 
What little I know of Paul, he is not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God, right? That's what it says. And Paul says that I come in fear and trembling and without superior wisdom or eloquence. And all I want to talk about is Christ crucified. So I think we can assume pretty good that that's what he said to her, right? 1 Corinthians 15, 3, to be saved, believe in Jesus, right? That he was died for your sins and was buried and rose again. And she responds, And she's saved. She opened her heart and then she's baptized, right? And then she starts serving and somehow she starts sharing this, right? Because it says her whole household is baptized and and you're saved before you're baptized. They're two separate things. And so we see in just these few verses this amazing thing. And so if you guys would allow me this, I would love to do this. Um, Ladies of Sunrise, would you please just stand up so I can pray for you. You're all Lydia. Can you do that? Would someone take the first risk and just stand up? We want to thank you. We love you. You're valuable. I don't, before I pray, I don't know what's going on in your heart. I don't know what you've been through, but our model's Paul. And so I'm going to tell you that you're valuable and that God has a plan for your life and he wants to use you in amazing ways. And I pray today that if you need to open up your heart and, you know, whatever is attached, so, you know, is hindering that journey, that you can give it to God. And so let me let, I'm going to do the best to represent the men of sunrise and pray for you. Lord, we come before you and these are your, these are your ladies. These are your Lydia's. There are grandmas and there are moms and there are sisters and there are daughters and and lord we love them and lord we're so grateful for them i thank you so much for paul that paul really valued and honored women in a culture and and uh, had them lead and had them be part of you know key ministry and his teams and key roles and in a culture that used and abused women and so i thank you for paul that's our model and and so lord all the lydia's right here they're the heart soul sunrise church we thank them we thank them for their leadership we thank them for the ones that serve behind the scenes that uh, are, are all their different roles that you have them shaped for we would not be here without them lord but also in the midst of that uh, some of them are hurt, Lord, and some of them have been hurt, maybe in church, and some have been abused that, that somehow you could minister to them right now, and you could let them know that just like Lydia, that, that you want to use them in just amazing ways, Lord, and that they would be available to that, and, and that they would listen to you, and they would open their heart to you, Lord, but as the men of Sunrise and the staff of Sunrise, we, we are grateful, Lord, and we are appreciative, and we are thankful, and we love our Lydia's, Lord, so... Uh, only you can do this. You can speak to their spirit. Let them know how pleased you are with them. It doesn't matter where they've been or what they've done, that they're here, Lord. Use them in a mighty way, Lord, for your gospel. Show them how to serve. Show them how to disciple. Show them how to take the next step. Uh, Lord, we're so proud of them. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you, ladies. All right. Let's see what we learned from Lydia. Men... Open your hearts, because I've learned a lot from Lydia. I I love these five verses. There's actually six, because we see in verse 40, when uh, the next story is uh, Paul and Silas are beaten. God, they got beat a lot. And they're in jail, and there's an earthquake. And God uses an earthquake to bring the Philippian jail and all his family to Christ. So there's a whisper, and there's an earthquake. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful uh, story. But when they get out... Uh, 
they're out of jail and they're in Philippi. And I can just imagine, you know, where do we go? What do we do? We're wounded. We're hungry. We're alone. And you know where they go? They go to Lydia's house. Because Lydia is part of them now. They know that they'll get hospitality. I think part of hospitality is hospital. <laughs> right? God didn't come for the ones that think they're all right and righteous and, you know, healthy. He came for the broken. And that's part of hospitality that she provided a hospital for them. And she gave them encouragement as God, you know, as they went out on their next so an open heart uh, leads to your next step in your growing relationship with Jesus. And I, I think God, I hope he's speaking to you, he's speaking to me, that you're somewhere along in this journey. Every one of us is in this part of the journey with Lydia. But an open heart leads to being willing to take that next step, to be, by faith, you know, taking a risk. The only way that I've discovered that I can change is, you know, I can feel hopeless, but it's not about that. I have to have some type of faith, right? Then I have to take a risk. And when I take a risk, it's towards Christ. Something changes and that brings hope, right? So an open heart will lead to that. An open heart creates a willingness to share what you have. We see her open her heart to the Lord, then open her home and open. That's what we do here, right? We just keep opening. James talks about it a lot. We do not have a scarcity mentality. We have an abundance mentality. We want to live like this. Anything that we have is God's. Anything that we have, an open heart leads to opening our arms, right? Our homes, our front doors, and we keep doing that. We see that Lydia did that a couple times with him. She opened up her heart. An open heart allows God to use you for his glory. And men and women, that's what it's about. He, before time, Psalm 139 says, that he knew you. And that he shaped you and made you and designed you and created you with a sense his spiritual hands and it's good. And he picked your parents and he picked your church, right? And if you're a believer right now in Jesus Christ, your name's in his book and he has a purpose and plan for your life. We were saved to serve him and it's not about us. It's for his glory. Lydia was faithful. She went down to the river. Paul was faithful. She brought Christianity. God chose her Christianity to Europe. I mean, this may sound corny. If she was the first believer and it went from there, it went, she was the pipeline in a sense. God wants to use you like that, but it's for his glory. And then an open heart is contagious, isn't it? Just an open heart and an open home. It's just contagious and it's compelling. And we see, uh, we don't know if she was married or not. I, I can assume she wasn't because she had a household and it's not mentioned. But, you know, it was contagious. She came back somehow and she must have had staff. She was wealthy and maybe children. But they all, she started sharing, right? It's contagious. I cannot not share this, right? It, it's amazing at our church. Who do you think invites the most people to our church? The ones that were just saved. It's contagious. They're excited. It's a new life. We can kind of, I can get stagnant, right? But it's compelling and it's contagious. And she was sharing it. An open heart leads to that. It leads to you being able to take your next step. It leads to sharing whatever you have because none of it belongs to us. An open heart, open heart allows God to use you for his glory and it's contagious. And so the final verse that we're looking at, the sixth verse is after Paul and Silas came out of the prison, God used an earthquake to bring the jailer and his whole family to Christ and be baptized in an earthquake. Maybe that's what some of you guys need. I don't know. I needed a two-by-four. Um, and they went to Lydia's house where they met with their brothers and sisters, and they encouraged them, and then they left. That's what we know about Lydia. 
six verses, but man, I'll tell you, I, I love Lydia. <laughs> That's, God put it in there on purpose. And, and ladies, let it strengthen you. Let it encourage you. Let, you know, you're all Lydia's. And so where are you at in your continuing journey with God? Where are you at? You know. God knows. Is he drawing you? He's drawing a lot of people. We have a lot of, we have people that don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. We love that. We're trying, I'm trying to put into words that I think we can disciple and save people. Because he's always drawing them. I mean, that's what happened with Lydia. She was part of this. She was worshiping God. She didn't know Jesus, though. We have people here that are worshiping God. We want possibly for you to take a step. Open your heart to that. Some of you, maybe it's time to finally surrender and drive the stake in the ground and know that you can't save yourself. Lydia is a perfect example. She was very wealthy. She was well off. We've got the bookends, right? We got the whisper and the earthquake. Maybe it's some of you to do that public testimony. You know, to become part of the family in a way, right? It's completely separate from salvation. Salvation is a free gift that we can't earn because we boast. And it's because of Jesus Christ's blood and his sacrifice and his death and resurrection, ascension. That's salvation. This is that, that I'm going to follow Jesus and I'm going to publicly tell you. Maybe some of you are there. Maybe some of you need to be um, in relationship and community, right? Take that next step. Serving, leading, I don't know what it is, but God knows. So we're going to have a a little personal response time. You know, I want to set it up a little bit and pray. And here's the deal, be who you are. You know, in the services, we've had people come up that have kneeled. We've had people that sat in the front seat and cried. We've had people that stayed where they are. But just listen and just open your heart to the Lord. Don't open your heart to me or James. Or Open your heart to the Lord and just be willing to do what he says and be willing to listen. When Lydia came to the, know the Lord, it was silent and it was unemotional, right? Some of us are like that, but the Holy Spirit was at work in our heart. We know the earthquake. We know the two by four. Some of you are like me. He understands your background and he understands where you've been and he understands your hurt and he understands your temperament and he understands if you're an introvert or extrovert. Just be yourself. He knows just how to meet your deepest needs and he knows how to approach you. Open your heart so he can. Some people are converted suddenly and others are gradually, right? Mine was at that moment. It was in an instant. I'd never even got close to that moment. I'd never even really been in a church and know anything. Lydia's is this gradual thing, right? Where she's coming and praying and then she comes face to face with Jesus Christ. Some come publicly, others come privately. When we have this time of response, we're just going to listen. Just do what God asks you to do. We'll have some people up here. Whatever you need to do, just do. Um, Some come with great emotion, others without emotion. The point is that you come to the Lord today. You know, because that's what Lydia did. Just that you come, and you come as you are, right? Because we know when we come as we are to Jesus Christ, wherever we're at in the journey, we can't remain as we are. Because Jesus Christ will transform you if you allow him to. So let me pray, and then we're going to have the video, and then Aaron's going to come up, and we're just going to worship together and respond together over the next couple songs. So Lord, we come before you, and I thank you for Lydia. Wow. Lord, she was worshiping you, and she didn't even know you, Jesus. And then Paul did his part. You got Paul there. The the great apostle Paul, you changed all his plans and brought him Everything intersected in Philippi, 
The Romans built the roads so we could get to Philippi and this river, it all came together, Lord. May it come together today for some people. We're all on this journey. Lord, help us to listen to you. Help us to have the courage to open our hearts to you. And then, Lord, speak to us. Speak to us in our spirit. And whatever you ask us to do, Lord, give us the courage to do it. And and so we are, thank you for this six verses, Lord. We're in it somewhere. And may we look to you and move towards you and trust you and surrender to you and live for you and serve for you in a way that we never have. In Jesus' name, amen.